This morning we're going uh, gonna to sing, we'll sing after the sermon. We're going to begin with our, our new Advent series uh, called Songs of the Saviour. And each week we're going to be looking at some characters of the Christmas story that we do, we do know about. We know these characters, but they're going to bring life to a carol. Um, and that carol links to the situation in some way. So as we engage in the story of Christmas, we're going to find that the characters that we see somehow engage with us as well. Um, you've been around Christmas all your lives. It, does, it happens every single year. And, and we know the characters, but how much do we engage with their story and consider how the Saviour impacts who we are at Christmas? So, so my hope is that this... Advent will find joy in the Saviour. Joy in the Saviour despite the disruptions that might come our way. So this morning we're going to see through Mary and Elizabeth that life's disruptions are an avenue for God's interruption. In the video we saw Mary and Elizabeth and they both had the stages of life where they were expecting to have babies. Now, now there's six months in between them, so I'm not sure the video was totally accurate because... Um, Unless Mary came out really quickly, but hey-ho. Um, so it wasn't fully accurate, but hey, um, the poetic licensing of, of video. Um, um, but they're both expecting to have these babies. Yeah, we hear through Elizabeth, she's got joy oozing out of her, doesn't she? She can't stop singing joy to the world. Mary's a little bit more pensive. She still finds joy in this angel's message. She knew what she saw. But Elizabeth, she was an aging woman. Well past childbearing age, she'd been barren all those years. Suddenly she receives this surprising news that in her old age she's going to conceive and have a baby. Mary, she's this young, betrothed woman living a a, a life that had promise, that had expectation. Yet her life takes this unexpected detour when the angel delivers this message that she, a virgin, is going to conceive and have the Son of God. It's pretty big news. Both of these women's lives take a, a drastic turn. Both of them have a major disruption in their immediate lives. No one would have expected this for them. Elizabeth having to deal with the expectations of being a, a mother at an, a, an older age. The questions that are coming to her all the time. The tiredness that comes on being a mother. Mary having to cope with this cultural stigma that, that comes with pregnancy outside of the form of wedlock. Having to cope with this disruption of her own personal plan. She's got everything before her. Much of life's battles is learning to cope when the distractions, uh, distractions or, or disruptions of life hit. As a, as a young fellow, I played a lot of footy. I, footy was my life. Um, this is me pre-church. I didn't go to church as I grew up. I, I played footy instead. So I grew up playing footy um, from about eight or nine years old. Every single week um, during footy season, I train twice a week, and I play on the weekends. And the great prize for us was to win the premiership which is what every footy club's dream is, to win the premiership. We were always a good footy team, always a good footy team. But in our league, we're always about third or fourth. We can never crack it to be second or first. It was either Noble Park or Endeavour Hills that would beat Springy Districts all the time. We just couldn't crack it. But under 16s, we finally made it. 
we got to second on the ladder, and in that first final, we won, and it put us straight into the grand final. This was fantastic news. It's what we'd finally waited to see. Now, the midweek where we didn't have a game, we were waiting to see who were playing in the grand final. It was my, that would have been my 99th game. And so I thought, well, I'm going to play for the under-18s. They needed a player, and that'll be my 99th. I'll play my 100th game in the first grand final. It's going to be fantastic. So I put my hand up, and I played a great game. I was on the wing. I normally play full back, but I was on the wing this week, and I loved it. I ran a lot. I did, it was a great game. But in the second quarter, I tweaked my knee. Just, you know, feel that, that little bit of me tweaking the knee. And I was like, I went to the, 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 the club physio, and they said, oh, you, it doesn't look too bad. You'll be right. You'll be right. Kept playing, kept playing. Went home that night. It got a bit sore, a bit sore. Went to bed that night and uh, went to sleep. Woke up in the morning. I could not bend my leg. My knee was stuffed. Um, I'd torn all the cartilage, and I couldn't do anything. Back to onto the hospital that week, they said, you have to operate. You, you can't play in your grand final. You can't play a 100th game. You can't play in your grand final. That was the only grand final we ever, ever made. And I sat on the sides watching us lose. My mum said to me, she goes, well, one consolation is that we can say that if you're playing, we might have won. Don't think so. Probably not. (laughs) But that disappointment of the disruption that came with my knee was just really hard to deal with. That was my everything at that stage in my life. It still hurts to this day. You probably hear it. (laughs) But the pain of disruption is there in life. I wonder how you cope when disruption comes your way. Imagine being in Mary's shoes. Mary, this young woman, confronted by this angelic message that defied everything that she knew. Picture Elizabeth, barren all of life, having to cope with that as she goes through, but suddenly receiving this news that she's now going to bear a son. In our lives, disruptions often lead to moments where we consider or contemplate where we have to evaluate, we have to reconsider what we thought we always knew. Maybe it's the disruption of a job loss. Perhaps it's the disruption of health problems and challenges. Maybe it's an injury that disrupts your daily routine. Maybe there are issues in relationships or conflicts that happen within your family systems. Maybe, maybe it makes Christmas an anxious time of year for you. Or maybe there's financial stresses that is disrupting your peace and your sleep. Maybe it's just the things that go on in the world that stir your heart and disrupt your thought process. Disruptions happen all the time. And you're probably sitting there thinking through this week all the disruptions that you've had. We all have disruptions that challenge our plans and our expectations. The key question is, how do we respond when life takes these unexpected turns? Elizabeth and Mary's disruptions teach us the importance of surrendering our lives across to God's divine plan, even when it seems a little unconventional, or in their case, very unconventional. Their story reminds us that God's plans have perfect timing, And most disruption can be really painful. It can be disheartening. It can be unhelpful in the immediate even. There are opportunities for God's miraculous work, for God to interrupt and step into the space 
that God steps into. So we're going to look at the scriptures that Solari read. I'm going to look at three phases of this story that help us to see how the transformative journey of faith helped these two women and see how God's divine interruption into their life helped them to, to put their faith in God and change the course of history. Firstly, we see life disruptions. Disruptions. We're going to read it again in Luke, um, or read it in Luke chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles there. Verse 5, 5 to 7. I just want to read this um, scripture. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, that's important, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So Luke describes Zechariah and Elizabeth as this older couple, beyond childbearing age. They're good people. They're righteous in the sight of God. Zechariah was a priest, a godly man. But in a culture that placed high value on, on, on the lineage, they didn't have children. They were missing that part of their life together. And I'm sure they felt that in the society. I'm sure they, they felt that stigma, that burden in their society. But we read a little bit later, verse 11, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, wife, I wonder how long you've been praying for. I wonder how long you've been praying that prayer. Sometimes we expect our prayer to be answered straight away. But your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous." To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. It's going to be an important young man. So this angel's encounter with Zechariah must have taken him by surprise. He's gripped with fear. When the unexpected happens, that can possibly happen to us as well. And the angel's first words to Zechariah were, Do not be afraid, in verse 13. The angel's reassurance is that regardless of how the disruptions of life may occur, our disruptions are an avenue for God to interrupt and intervene into. That through ultimate, uh, through this untimely occurrence, we can trust that God is present. That even if we don't see it, God is present. God is there. And we have it, we all have times of blessings. Don't we? we all have times where God, we, we sense God's blessing us. We'll have times where we find joy easy to come by. But we all have times where life throws a curveball. Challenges and struggles happen. Sometimes we come to a point of real despair. Maybe it brings us to our knees. But we can rest on the promises of Scripture. It says, do not fear. 
for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, verse 10. If we consider Zechariah in this situation, fear causes him to doubt the promises of God. He's got this angel in front of him telling him that his wife, maybe he's been praying this for 50 years, that his wife will have a son, and all of a sudden this angel comes and says it. I'm sure he goes, no, not now, Lord. Um, I, that's, that's the prayer of the past. <laughs> but you're going to have a baby. Even though you're old, you're going to be the ones to bear a child. So he asks a question that makes sense to him. And, and when we're in, we've got these interruptions or this, these disruptions in our life, we say this. God, how can I be sure? How can I be sure of this? Luke 1, 18. And the angel tells him that because he doesn't believe, because he asks that question, because he doubts, he's going to be silent until the baby comes. <laughs> That's the illusion in the video. Isn't that great? <laughs> I've got this image of Zechariah. Uh, I was trying to find a, 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 a photo or something to, to, prove, to show you this. But I've got this image of Zechariah coming out and trying to charade what was going to happen to her and she's going what are you talking about just speak the words speak the words <laughs> two words baby <laughs> um, thanks Solari <laughs> um, but in the end he had to rest on those words do not fear for I am with you you know if you're sitting on this in this space at the moment a space of disruption in your life remember God is with you that God is for you, that God interrupts into our disruptions. You can trust in him. So secondly, we look at God's interruptions. So life's disruptions are an avenue for God's interruption. So let's turn into, turn to, not turn into, let's turn to Mary now in the story. She's been informed by the angel that even though she is a virgin, she's going to conceive and um, conceive a son called Jesus. It says it in verse 32, 33. He'll be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne over his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. That's pretty big news for a young lady to hear. One, I'm going to have a baby, but this baby's going to be really, 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 really important. Life for Mary is turned upside down in that moment. Culturally, she's now a mess. Is anyone going to believe me? I'm going to have a baby and I'm not betrothed. I'm carrying the son of the most high. That's pretty hard to share with people. Most people are not going to take that. She's also told, fortunately that her relative Elizabeth is going to have, have a baby as well, which she's probably going, wow, she's really old to be having a baby. <laughs> from verse 39 from Luke 1, it says this, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. 
Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. I love that first meeting of John and Jesus in the wombs of their mothers. And there's this excitement that comes between the meeting of the two babies. Um, they're not even born yet, and there's excitement, and the Holy Spirit is with them. And understanding that God was doing something in the midst of it. In the interruption of these two women's life, God was doing something. And I get the feeling that six months down the track, Elizabeth has come to terms now with what's going on. That this disruption is now God's disruption, that she's got used to it. And as Mary comes to see Elizabeth, Elizabeth's response is a response that is full of the movement of God. The scripture says she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. She exclaims. It's not just she says, well, blessed are you and the women, and blessed the child that you'll bear. It's really good. But blessed are, the, are you among women. Blessed is the child you're going to bear. Blessed is she who believes that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. It's just this exclamation. It's joy. We don't know what happened with Mary in this time, it doesn't really say how she was feeling. We don't know if she's told people or whether she's just sort of run down to Elizabeth, sort of trying to hide anything. We don't really know if, if society's looking down on her already, making judgment of it on her already. But when she came to Elizabeth, all she heard was joy. She heard God speaking through Elizabeth, affirming, Elizabeth, uh, affirming Mary in her space of confusion and disruption. Elizabeth's words gave Mary the confidence to step into what God had called her to do. She might still be humanly worried, and you can understand that, and the video should have sort of showed that, asking questions still, but she's accepted that her life's disruption has been an avenue for God to interrupt into that space, to bring good news. God's interruption brings her strength. Isaiah 40, 29 to 31 brings this promise. He says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will faint, walk and not be faint. I love that image of just having the, the strength of an eagle. They'll soar on wings like eagles, and I love watching an eagle just soar through the sky. When you're feeling the interruptions, the disruptions of your life, and you feel them, that they're, that they're bringing you down, they're making you feel weary, wearing you down, they're defeating you, you can rest on that promise. God gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. I love the image of God's renewal, that, that image of the soaring. I like seeing the, the wedgies, the wedge-tail eagles just soar, gliding. They're without fear, aren't they, when they glide? They, they glide without fear. They make it easy. And the promise that life's disruptions is an avenue for God's interruption. We might not see it as easy straight away. We may not see how God's going to use hardship or conflict or pain or confusion. But we can trust that through it, if we rely on him, if we turn to him, he'll grant you strength. Elizabeth was the person that God put in front of Mary to find that strength. I wonder during this season of Advent, 
as we exchange gifts, as we see loved ones, as we may be aware of the pains and the hurts of others, the anxieties of those who live around us. May we be like Elizabeth was to Mary. May we be the source of encouragement for someone else, that God could use us to help with that weariness that people are feeling. Because life's disruptions are an avenue for God's interruption. May you be the mouthpiece for God this Christmas time. The third thing we see in this story is salvation's construction. God is orchestrating something more. Something greater was happening in the disruption of these two ladies' lives. So as we pause for Christmas this year, we're reminded of the fact that the untimely disruptions that life brings our way are ways that that God uses, that interrupts, that only faith can explain. Through these disruptions, through the busyness, through the shopping, through the Christmas ham cooking, through the, the whole season that is, may we not see the miracle that unfolded in the lives of Mary and Elizabeth as they had their baby six months apart from one another. One, John, he's this voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way. The other one is the one whose way has been prepared for. John's gospel says in, one, in John 1, 24 to 27, Now the Pharisees who have been sent questioned him, Why then do you not baptize if you are not the Messiah? Why do you, sorry, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, or the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands someone you do not know. He's the one who comes after me, to the straps of whose sandals I am unworthy to, I'm not worthy to untie. Then in John 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I was saying, A man who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. John was foreshadowing or foretelling Jesus' sovereignty well before Jesus announced himself to the world. These two special, unexpected babies at the time, there were unwanted disruptions in the life of Mary and Joseph, Elizabeth and Zechariah. But they end up being God's way to salvation for all people. Life's disruption provided the avenue for God's interruption and ultimate salvation. They didn't see it at the time. But the world changed because they were obedient. So this morning, are you willing to see the disruptions of life as opportunities for God, for God's greater purpose? Elizabeth and Mary's journey teach us to embrace the promises of God and find joy even through them and look for the unexpected blessings. May we see disruption perhaps as a divine interruption that we may be used and our situation may be used for God's greater purposes. In the midst of life's uncertainty, can we find hope in knowing that God's plan often unfolds in unexpected ways? We wouldn't have expected God to send his son to earth as a vulnerable baby, to be cared for or nurtured by a young lady. So may we embrace the disruptions that come to life with faith 
and allow room for God to speak into it. Trusting that God's purpose will prevail even in life's toughest challenges. So as we navigate disruption, let's remember that God's hand is at work. Turning moments of uncertainty into opportunities for his glory. Can we continue to be a community that responds with faith, that surrenders to him, that shows gratitude, recognizing that in every way there is potential for God to interrupt? Let's pray. Our Lord and God, we we thank you for the story of Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and Elizabeth. We thank you for these two babies um, that were divinely created, that, Lord, you brought into the world for a purpose, a purpose that's so much greater than we would have known or the, the families would have known back then, but that we can see clearly now. We thank you, Jesus, for dying for us, for living in this world, for the vulnerability of being a baby in this world. And Lord, we give you thanks that you saw it right to save us through him. So we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.